A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean clicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Week two of the college football season is in the books. Week one of the NFL season is well underway. We'll break some news here in just a second on what Jake and I are watching as we record this late on a Monday. But Jake, dogs are 2-0. and Colorado might be the best team in the nation. Texas went into Alabama and took care of business. It's crazy. We got so much to break down. How are you, brother? Man, doing great. Uh, great weekend in college football. Yeah. A lot of things happening. A lot of things got shook up, uh, but the dogs are winning, and college football still going to college football. No doubt. The Commanders off to a good start as well. Washington Commanders beat the Arizona Cardinals in week one, so good start there. Absolutely. Oh, that's all you can ask for. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. You know Solomon Brothers by now. The largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast with two unbelievable locations. One's in Alpharetta just past the Avalon if you live in Metro Atlanta like myself. And the other one, if you want a fancy day date with your significant other, head on down to Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality and jewelry diamonds. Guaranteed. They also offer interest-free financing options, custom jewelry designs, lifetime diamond upgrades, the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. I can vouch for it myself. That's Solomon Brothers. Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at Solomon Brothers. SolomonBrothers.com. If you head down there, mention myself or Jake Fromm or the Punt and Pass podcast, and you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Solomon Brothers will give out our big watch of the week here in just a little bit. Week three slate, a little left to be desired, Jake. But you know what? We'll take it when we can get it. No complaints around football. All right, where do you want to start? I'll let you pick, Jake. Do you want to start with 
Texas going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama by 10 points? Or do you want to start with the Colorado Buffaloes? Because I shook some things up on social media. Uh, I'm fully on the Dion train now. Dude, I want to start with Colorado because everybody in college football just, I mean, eyes open. Is this for real? Are they actually doing what they said they were going to do? And they came back and did it again. A little bit of a slow start, um, but, man, they got it going. Shador had an unbelievable game again, yeah. putting up video game numbers. I mean, right now, it's it's his Heisman versus Caleb Williams. <laughs> Whose is it? I mean, they're going to go toe-to-toe with each other, and it's going to be fun to watch for the rest of the season if they can keep this thing up. So, obviously, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast last week, I was like, hey, I'm not doubting. Colorado, but I'm going to go ahead and take Nebraska plus the three points, right? I'm telling myself no more fading Colorado after that performance. I watched the entire game. They are so well coached. Shador Sanders, legit NFL quarterback prospect. The talent at wide receiver is incredible. And their defense, yeah, they don't have much depth. But again, they play sound football. Now, I know the haters are going to say Nebraska sucks. Now, I know the haters are going to say TCU was massively overrated. Please do not forget, Colorado was 1-11 a year ago, the worst team in college football. Colorado's preseason win total, with the odds makers fully understanding what Dion had done to this roster, was 3.5 wins. They said Colorado, 3.5 wins for the entirety of the season – Now they're already at two, and they're playing lowly Colorado State coming up this weekend. Big in-state rivalry. It's a night game in Boulder. College game day will be in Boulder once again. So they will reach three wins, I'm assuming. They're very heavy favorites to win this weekend. They will already be knocking at the door of going over their season win total that the odds makers predicted preseason. What Deion Sanders is doing, the belief that he has instilled in those players' minds is something that does not want to be reckoned with. And Jake, here is what I tweeted out, and I got a lot of responses of hatred. How dare you Mm. people on Saturday? I said, you know what? I understand Nebraska's awful, but Colorado needs to have serious thoughts of being on people's top 10 in the polls. I'm just saying top 10. People are like, you're crazy. What an overreaction. And here's what, how, how I'll defend it. Nobody in the top 10 wants to play Colorado next week. I can promise you that. I wouldn't. I no. mean, that's honestly with college football. Uh, they're, they're doing great, man. Uh, Dion put together a great staff. Uh, like you said, you, you can see they're well coached. Uh, and right now, they're, they're believing what they got cooking. Um, and how powerful I, is that? Tell me how powerful that is. Dude, in a locker room, and especially a younger locker room, too, Man, when they when you believe like left and right the guys around you that what what you're doing is right that that goes a more that has more power than anything else the X's and O's the Jimmys and Joes uh, if you got belief in the locker room sometimes that's all that matters and they have it in droves I mean he's got Michael Irvin there on the sideline Michael Irvin obviously they were teammates of the Dallas Cowboys he's got no relation to Colorado he went to Miami. Like Ray Lewis, uh, Warren Sapp, like all these greats or whoever, they're all at Colorado now. 
Fox Big Noon Kickoff was there. Deion Sanders gets on there and says, I slept in my office last night. I wanted to wake up and watch our fans do what they do. Like he has galvanized the entire community around this team of who was the worst in college football one year ago. I'm fully on the Colorado train. Again, people were like, well, if you want him in the top 10, who would you take out of the top 10? I said, anybody. Like, I'm not being facetious when I say that. Take USC. They're going to play him in a couple weeks. Okay. I like Colorado with the points. Like, I don't know how many other times I can say this. Tennessee, they're in the top 10. Like, Texas. I get it. Texas just went to Tuscaloosa. Anybody. Mm. Nobody wants to play Colorado right now. Dion will have those kids believe and they can win the game. If they don't turn the ball over and don't make penalties, it will be a game. They've got dudes at wide receiver. Shadur Sanders is so calm and poised in the pocket. I don't know, man. I'm like a full-on Colorado stand now. Something just hit me as I was watching the game in the fourth quarter. I was like, these dudes are for real. I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship. You know, nine and three, ten and two. That that's incredible. And Dion would be coach of the year if that happens. Yeah, that's huge. I, I I had this conversation with somebody today. Where do you see Colorado ending up? You know, are they in that that ten to fifteen? Are they in the top ten? Are they that fifteen to twenty slate? You know, where are they? I I think they finish in the fifteen to twenty, just because I think they're going to get right around those those three losses. Um, but you just you never know. That's what makes college football college football. And I don't want to completely switch gears here, but you would think in this world of NIL that the rich would get richer, but that that to me that's not the case. It I, brings parity. Yes, there is still a lot of parity, if not more parity, going on right now. And I think this is anybody's college football season. Anybody, dude. I, I think Georgia's good. I don't think they're great. They got a long way to go to be a great football team. And I, I, th- I think it's the door is open for anybody who wants to take it right now. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I'm going to run down uh, Colorado's schedule here. This week they play Colorado State. Um, Colorado State is coming off a bye, but Colorado State not very good. Then they go to Oregon. You don't think that'll be a big game? You don't think Fox will be there? Could game day go there? I mean, this is what's happening. Then they host USC. All right, crazy things happen up at altitude. Arizona State, Stanford, they're going to win both those games, definitely yeah. one of them. Now, look, I'm just saying, we'll, we'll go on to the next topic, but here's the last thing I'll say about it. And I said this on the radio in Atlanta on Friday morning. And I also said this back in the winter. I'm so happy Georgia Tech didn't hire Deion Sanders because think about what Deion Sanders could have done in the city of Atlanta, a town that he claims is his own, where he was an Atlanta Brave, where he was an Atlanta Falcon. The culture and the environment in the ATL, as opposed to Boulder, Colorado, which is an hour outside of Denver, dude, he would have caused such a massive stir in the Southeast recruiting you don't think every single top level celebrity that's atlanta adjacent he wouldn't have recruited them to be at georgia tech you know who would not have been happy a certain kirby smart i can just promise you that so as a georgia fan i'm putting my fan cap on here i'm glad georgia tech didn't think outside the box and go get Deion sanders to be the head coach that ad at colorado right now is looking pretty damn smart Big noon kickoff, sellout crowd, college game day coming. All right, I'm done. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done 
I'm, you were done last week. You said it. You were like, I'm done. I'm on the Dion train. I don't want to be deemed a hater. I'm fully on now. Scoot over. Make some room for me. Come on. I got some room. All right. Good deal. I'm sorry. Look, people, I'm just, I'm passionate about it. Dion has me believe. All right. How about Texas going into Tuscaloosa and just whooping up on Alabama? I did not see this coming. I, um, I did say I'll take the points with Texas because I liked Alabama that much. A lot of question marks around Jalen Milrow. I thought the offensive line was extremely suspect also. Uh, yeah. just You just don't see that often. We said it last week on the pod, 66-2 and two straight up at home over the last 10 years. You hadn't seen one like that in quite some time, Jake. Quinn Ewers got to give Texas and Steve Sarkeesian a lot of credit. I think you have to. It really shocked me a little bit. Just Alabama just didn't look like Alabama, even at home. Uh, just thought they had everything rolling. Uh, Jalen Monroe, he did some did some good things, mm-hmm. but then he also was a little erratic at times, threw some wild some wild balls, a little you know long and right, you know so to speak, a little baseball term. But they just they didn't quite look like Alabama. Didn't have that dominant factor to them. Uh, but you got to give credit to Texas. They came out, played. They hit some deep shots. Ad Mitchell had a big post ball. Man, he late did. In the game. Um, when you were throwing that ball. It. He was like throwing punts up in the air. Moonshots. He's throwing the Russell Wilson moonshots. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean that he he looked like a dude. Um, Texas's defense came to play. And it when is. you say when you say you know it just didn't look like the normal Alabama, I think you go straight to the lines of scrimmage. Like they were getting pushed around. Seventy four left tackle getting abused all yeah. game long. I mean getting thrown right into Milrow's lap. And I watched the game. I thought Kirk Herbstreet was overly critical of Jalen Milrow. I mean, he was crushing Milrow. I'm like, dude, Milrow has no time. He's got no, no he's like, Milrow's seeing ghosts. I'm like, dude, he's taking two steps and shit is collapsing on top of him. He's got to tuck it and run. I don't know. That's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> That's so what, what is that feeling? Like, obviously, if the pressure starts coming, yes, you're going to start, quote, seeing ghosts. But pretty clearly, he didn't have much time at all. Man, it's tough because you got that internal clock that you normally have of hey, one, two, three, boom. I you know either gotta get the ball in my hands or I gotta take off and run it. But when you start you know, feeling that internal clock at at you know one and a half, one and three quarters, and two, man, you really have to start making some decisions that you're not quite comfortable with yet of throwing guys out of breaks that you're not quite really seeing the whole picture. Uh, you really start kind of guessing a little bit at times of of what a window is going to be, and you don't get to see it really develop um and that's that's tough and then you have to make split second decisions and you know he hasn't really played a whole lot of football yet um yeah. to be, able to be you know being put in that situation for him uh, i'm sure it was sure it was pretty tough and not, not the funnest to be in and when you can't run the football i mean that's got to be the worst feeling in the world you're like okay they know we're gonna drop back and try to pass they weren't really even bringing exotics they were just getting home with four which is an absolute nightmare for any quarterback yeah yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of getting back to why I didn't think they were the Alabama because they lost the line of scrimmage battle. Defensive line, and especially the offensive line, it's almost like they don't have those dudes they're used to having um, making them that that differential, uh, that differential kind of maker in the game um, to take it over when it needs to get taken over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just honestly couldn't believe – how that game got away from Alabama in the second half looked like the environment was awesome. College game day, of course, yeah. there on the scene, but Texas putting their stamp on the big 12 in a big way. Obviously they're heading to the sec next year, but Quinn Ewers, 
thought it was fascinating how he dropped all that weight and he was slinging that thing around, Jay. He was. And last, last point I'll make too, uh, what makes Alabama Alabama is they win the fourth quarter and they lost the fourth quarter 21 to eight. Golly. I mean, that and never happens. That never happens. That never happens. That, that always, that was the, the thing for us when we played them and we lost twice was we were up the entire game, beating the brakes off of yeah. them for the entire game. And they ended up winning the fourth quarter on us and came back to win. So that did not happen. In this uh, if I'm not mistaken, those two games that you're referencing, the national championship game and then the 2018 SEC championship game, uh, if there's 120 minutes of game clock in those two games combined, you guys were leading for like 118 of those minutes. Like it wasn't yes. even close. It was an absolute yes. schlacking until the very end and critical errors and mistakes. And that's what happens. That's when Alabama always used to hang around. Um, and Texas left no doubt. Saturday night, I guess my next question is, where does Bama go from here? Are you writing them off at this point, Jake, or do you think, um, hey, they'll be just fine? I, I want to say they'll be just fine because who else is in the SEC West? To, I mean, LSU didn't look good, right? Like, I know they great. just scored 70 on Grambling, but Ole Miss, they turned it on in the second half against Tulane. Yeah, Texas I mean, A&M, we'll get to them in just a second, lays an egg. Against Miami, I, I'm I'm out on them. I mean, Ole Miss—they were just in a dogfight with Tulane, but they always played them hard. You know, the the Kiffin effect. Yeah, um, they could get away with one depending on where the game's at. Um, so I, I think they'll they're they're going to end up fighting their way back and in, in it. Um, and that man, they definitely got punched in the mouth early. And they're going to learn a lot from it. So just just sucks to have that loss, but I, I definitely think they'll they'll fight and find their way back back in it and going to be in the conversation late in the year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, huge props to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I thought he was pretty gracious in all of his media, which was refreshing to see. Not not that he hasn't been in the past, yeah. but a big moment like that can certainly you know make you say a few things that you necessarily might want to take back. He definitely didn't do that. Now, can Texas sustain that success throughout the season? We've seen time and again, they get a big win, and then they drop off right after that. So two things to watch after right there. Yeah, where does Bama go, and can Texas keep it up? All right, before we touch on a couple of other news and storylines around college football, I do want to tell you about the Solomon Brothers' big watch of the week for week three. Yes, if you look at this schedule, it looks a little thin. We will start between the hedges in Athens. South Carolina against Georgia, 3.30. The SEC is back on CBS for the last season jake that's right next year that 330 game heads on over to abc but the sec on cbs season premiere starts this weekend south carolina at number one georgia that should be a good sec east battle the other games i want to put on your radar we have an sec east battle on espn at 7 p.m number 11 tennessee heading to the swamp that's right florida where they've won twice in 51 years florida looked awful against utah in the opener tennessee sputtered to start last week against austin p weird things happened at the swamp at night what will come down in this game and then lastly we just mentioned Ole miss they're hosting georgia tech all right georgia tech show us something brent key let's see something solomon brothers big watch of the week you're 330 straight into your seven get on the couch lose track of time, and if you need to keep track of time, get on down to Solomon Brothers, either in Alpharetta or in Buckhead. Jaron and the whole crew have an awesome selection of watches 
You can celebrate a big deal closing. You can reward yourself for having an awesome quarter. Solomon Brothers Jewelers, SolomonBrothers.com. All right, let's touch on the dogs here. A 31-point second quarter, sleepy in the first quarter. Jake, you said last week, look, Carson needs to start fast, start fast. Noon kickoff, start fast. You got to write what went wrong in week one. But again, at the end of the day, 45-3, to defense looks solid. Offense picked it up where they needed to. They capitalized on turnovers. Not much to complain about except those little sleepy starts. Like what world are we living in where we <laughs> are know. complaining about a 43 or 45 to three win? Um, the expectations, the standard is set so high and not that they're not going to reach them uh, because they have all the capacity in the world to, to reach those expectations. But man, the bar is set pretty dang high. Um, would we like a few points in the first quarter? Yes. Yes, we would. Do we like 31 points in the second quarter? Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, special teams put on a show. That's a, that's a phase of the game that doesn't get talked about enough. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Uh, and I, I, you know, shout out to you there. Uh, but, uh, man, it was, it was great. Um, man, watching Makai Muse out there running, balling uh, out, breaking tackles left and right. His head is turning, going a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, it's like a little bobblehead out there. I know. I know. And, uh, man, he, he's making plays. And so let's just put the ball in his hands. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him on offense. They try to get him involved a little bit, uh, on the receiving end, throw him a few screens left and right. Um, but what do you say? I tell you my, my, favorite part was putting Dylan Bell at running back and watching Dude, him on the ball. I had a buddy text me. He said he looks like Debo Samuel. I go, that is a great comparison. He runs physical. He's got that fast twitch. Obviously he can catch the ball uh, because he's a, a wide receiver at heart, but Kirby smart had some comments about Dylan Bell and just said, Hey, I want to give this kid credit. He's been extremely selfless. He's doing anything that we want him to do. And I didn't realize running back was his first love. That's what Dylan Bell said after the game. Hey, I'm a running back at heart, aggressive running style. Uh, again, twitchy. I really liked what I saw out of Dylan Bell out of the backfield. Carson Beck, 23 of 30, 283 yards, two touchdown and an interception. That was pretty unlucky. Um, yeah, 50-50 ball gets batted up in the air uh, and a great pick by the Ball State player to keep his toes in the field of play. But let me just say one thing about Makai Muse. Mm. You heard so much about him as a return man and then as a slot receiver, uh, a former walk-on out of Central Gwinnett. Shout out Gwinnett County. He will be an All-American as a return specialist this year. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, the way that his style of catching and getting upfield first, especially on punts, is something that you don't see too often. What you see now a lot of times, and this is either scheme based on what special teams coordinators are trying to do, setting up a wall, trying to reverse the field. Makai Muse, and I'll just admit it, the, the punter from Ball State was sending it out there pretty long ways. Uh, no real fair catch capabilities there. That'll change in the SEC. He catches the ball. He puts his foot in the ground, and his first steps are north-south. Okay, I had a special teams coordinator in the NFL that said you have to get it in to get it out. Now, your mind might take you in other ways when I say that. But what he meant by that is get it up the field and then things break so fast you can get to the hash, get to the sideline and then go make the punter miss. 
and go score a touchdown. When you go laterally first, that gives everybody time and the net to form and the defense to settle in and know where you're going to go. If you get upfield, they're all running downfield, and you can gash them for some great yards. I would just implore Georgia special teams coordinators, and I'm sure they're doing this. Hey, man, we're going to give Makai every opportunity possible, send some droppers back, go into you know real return schemes because this kid's special, man. He's fierce. He catches the ball very clean, too. He'll be an All-American this year. I'm just going to say that right now. I got hot takes coming at you on a Monday night. Makai Muse All-American campaign is in full swing. I love what I'm seeing out of that kid. I love that take. Uh, I love Makai as well. Um, it's going to be fun to watch him do his thing in SEC play. Um, but one more thing on Dylan Bell out of, out of the backfield, he he just had a burst Yeah, you know, on that initial handoff that, uh, that we hadn't really seen uh, very well. But um, it was good to watch kind of Carson get a little bit more footing, um, kind of a little more comfortability under his belt, and he's going to have to bring it uh, next week uh, when South Carolina comes to town. Yeah, I mean, look, 72% completion percentage is tough to do that on air. Like, I'm not even yeah. kidding you. Jake, you'd be the first to say that. Uh, over 550 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception so far through those two games. So really exactly what you'd ask for. You probably want to see a little bit more dominance up front and in the run game. They've got to find who the guy is going to be. Will it be Roger Robinson, Kendall Milton? Again, his style of running and, and, and his dependability, I think, is what will come into question later on and maybe even upcoming this weekend, but you bring in a spark plug like Dylan Bell. I totally agree, man. The offensive line has to love the way he runs. I, I think so. Um, because that's, I, I they're going to need to play better as a unit uh, going into SEC play. Cause you're going to need that run game to ice games out uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, and just, just really third and one um, a second and short, you're just going to need to lean on those guys. And those guys are going to have to take it, take care of business. Absolutely. Um, Oh, and the defense just completely took care of business, got turnovers. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they did their thing. I love the uh the old kick uh interception. Yeah, the That's immaculate not... interception. That was pretty sweet. Great That's heads not... up play by Chaz Chan was there too. Yeah, Chaz is my guy, so I wanted to give him a little shout out uh for that as well. Did you see Kirby just dog him in the post-game presser? No, I mean, come on, I did Kirby, not. throw the guy a little love. He's like oh, completely luck. You know, we should have had just two interceptions. That was total luck. I was like, Kirby, I mean, my goodness, man. The guy got you a, a turnover, for God's That's sake. That's it. Got a turnover on the plus side of the field. Got the offensive short field, went scored points. I mean, come on. So through two games, 687 yards receiving for Georgia, 258 yards rushing. Okay. 687 yards passing, 258 yards, yards rushing. I want to mention this, though because I think this has a lot to do with play calling, and I also think it has a lot to do with the talent. Dominic Lovett, seven catches. Brock Bauer, seven catches, six catches. Makai Muse, six catches. Cash Jones, six catches. Dylan Bell, five catches. Oscar Doe, four catches. They are spreading the love. Uh, I think that's good, heading into a big game against South Carolina. What's the mindset heading into this week? SEC division rivalry um, I'm sure Kirby will talk about that 2019 game. Sorry to bring that up, Jake. Um, bring it SEC up the, on CBS. <laughs> bring it like, up all the bad stuff, man. You just you got to <laughs> ramp it up this week. And and you know if you get off to a slow start, South Carolina they they don't have nobody. Like they're going to have some dudes out there who are going to be playing some fierce ball. Yeah, I, I 
still the same thing I said last week. It's about starting fast. Uh, you want to get out, get get a, get a lead on these guys, make them feel and know that they can't play with you because they they haven't felt like they could play with yeah. you, you know, for years. So keep keep that in order. Um, get Carson going. You know, spread the love a little bit, and let's get a little running game going too to take a little little kind of breathing room off of Carson a little bit. That way yeah. he can get comfortable uh, as well. So that that'll that'll be good for for me to see and watch, and, and hopefully they get that done. Would you be shocked? if Dylan Bell was the quote unquote starting running back. I wouldn't. No, neither would I. He 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 brought you a good burst, explosive plays. That's what we want to see. Um and right now he's doing it. I, I, I he he, he can't well. he can't be a load guy that's gonna go and have 20 carries. He doesn't need to be but but man for 10 carries a game I, I think he can get you 60 70 yards which yeah, is dude. more than anything else they got right now you like that cliff no question georgia stays at number one in both the ap and the coaches poll michigan two florida state three with a big two spot jump texas climbs all the way up to four in the ap poll usc five ohio state six penn state seven washington eight i mean give me colorado over washington right now Notre Dame 9, Alabama 10. That is your AP poll. Uh, Texas A&M takes a big L. Jimbo Fisher, like, what's what's going on there? I don't know. We don't have to dive into it that much right now, Jake. But um, Miami put it on him, man. And I heard a podcast or I heard an interview where they were talking to Mario Cristobal, <clears throat> Miami's head coach, and he said, hey, look, last year, we were in a rebuilding year. We didn't really have the dudes we wanted. This year is different. This was prior to the AM game. We got the guys we want. We got a lot of confidence. He was like, we're going to take care of business this year. And, dude, they hung 48 up on Texas A&M. Big-time win for the Canes. Yeah, good finish for them. Scored 17 in the fourth quarter. Quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. 21-30, 374. Mm. And, and not three, not four, but five tutties. A five, five, a dimer. All out. Tyler Van Dyme is what they call him. Ooh, that's sweet. There you go. So Texas A&M, we'll see where they go. Who do they have coming up this weekend? UL Monroe. You hope they get a win there. And then it's home against Auburn. We'll see about Auburn here in a week. All right, I'm about to let you go. I, I just have to mention these two stories that are in college football right now. They're both crazy. We don't need much commentary on them. I just want a little. Uh, I just want our audience to know what what the hell's going on out there. Jeff Lebby, the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Now stick with me, okay? His father in law is Art Bryles. Art Bryles, the former Baylor football head coach, who got embroiled in a huge. NCAA investigation, sexual assault, scandal, bad news. Bad news all around. Not condoning that in the least, okay? After a very thorough investigation, Arthur Bry- Arthur Bryles, Art Bryles, who had been the pariah in this instance, um, he was found to be, I don't know if not guilty is the right word, but um, they said, hey, Art Bryles did nothing wrong. The NCAA came out and said that. Well, you know, of course – that news storyline does not get picked up as much as him absolutely being hung out to dry in the public light for obvious reasons, as I just, as I just stated, for years. Back to Jeff Lebby. Jeff Lebby, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. His father-in-law is Art Bryles. At the game this weekend, Art Bryles is with his daughter, that being 
Jeff Lebby's wife, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, his grandchildren, Jeff Lebby's kids, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. And after the game, as most college football teams do, you have your family down on the field to give hugs, maybe run a couple routes, have a soda, and enjoy a Saturday win. Some Oklahoma fans saw that Art Bryles was on the field well after the game in Oklahoma gear, caused a huge uproar, Jake. Oklahoma's AD had to put a statement out. This will never happen again. I've talked to the right staff. Jeff Levy had to take questions about it in the postgame press conference. He was like, that's my father-in-law. Those are his grandchildren. That's my wife's dad. Like, please understand the delineation of what's going on. And then today he had to open up his press conference by essentially issuing like a half apology. I've talked to coach Venables. I've talked to AD Castiglione. This will never happen again. Look, I don't know what to say here, but that seems like a bit of an overreaction. Say what you want about Maybe what your perceptions are. He's with his face. It's not like he's coaching the team. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the, these things make my head spin, Jake. Uh, he's not representing Oklahoma. No. He's just there as a family member, maybe a fan. I don't know. But I think he's just there to, uh, to see his daughter, hang out with his son-in-law, and, of course, see his grandkids. So that's that, that's a lot for a little in my opinion that's exactly what i thought and of course the media uh the media shitstorm that took place afterwards just it, it grew way out of proportion i feel like and again condoning anything baylor no of course not the NCAA Absolutely did a not. massive investigation um just shocking to me really shocking and again lebby like took it on the chin today and in, in his press conference i you know I, I apologize essentially is what he said it's crazy 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 the other one is the Mel Tucker drama at Michigan State. Look, this is insane. Why make a comment on it? It's an open investigation. I have no idea. Uh, but Mel Tucker released his own statement Monday afternoon. If you haven't read that, uh, buckle up and go read it. This storyline is not going anywhere. He's supposed to have a hearing October 5th or 6th, which will determine his future as the head football coach at Michigan State. Um. Wow. Explosive, explicit. <laughs> I don't know where this one's going to go, but when Mel Tucker digging his heels in this afternoon, Jake, you would think this is a storyline that's going to get dirty, nasty, and it ain't going anywhere, bro. Yeah. A lot of dollars thing. at stake here too. The whole thing's dirty, nasty, uh, just just not good. You know, when you're having an open hearing to see if you can still be the head coach somewhere, it's not a, not a, not a great sign. So. Yeah, I believe his buyout's $70 million. So a a lot is at stake. And um, again, open investigation. We won't make any comments further, but we'll keep, we'll Mm. keep you updated on the happenings as we do right here on punt and pass week in and week out. Can I just tell you one thing? Uh, The AC in my house has been broken for the last day. It's as you're watching me on YouTube right now, it's like 90 degrees in my office. Thankfully the AC upstairs where I sleep is working. Um, but this is what you do for the love of the pot, dude. I'm just sucking it up right now. Literally sweating. Man, this guy, he's committed. And he loves it. He is committed Woo. 100%. Drew Butler, everybody. You know what else I love? I love Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Family owned and operated since 1982. They had the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. And it gets better because the store is for anyone with any budget. And it gets better than that. 
If you go to Solomon Brothers, mention Punt and Pass, mention myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. The lowest price is on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds. Guaranteed, that's Solomon Brothers in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, in Buckhead's 17th floor tower place. At Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Man, college football. Door is open. Who's going to take it? Is it Colorado? Dramatic, too. The most dramatic season ever. Ohio State. Ohio State's just kind of been quiet. You know, who who are they? Lurking. They're figuring it out, too. We'll see. They're figuring it out, too. All right, follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you. We out. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.